Previously, an unnecessary side project. Matt told us his racy old email address. And Joe learned how to use the internet. Hi, I'm David Axelrod. And I'm Pablo Escobar. And welcome to Unnecessary Side Project. How are you, Matthew? I'm fantastic. How are you? So nice to see you. Thank you. So much time has elapsed between our previous episode and this one. Yep. That I, my heart has grown much fonder because of our separation. Mine has shrunk three sizes. Oh, dear. That's a problem. (laughs) That's a medical problem. You should see a doctor. Yep. Um, Well, it's episode five, I believe it is now. I'm not sure, yeah. We've made it. It's a half decade. Um, Yep. 95 more and we can become syndicated. I think that's how that works. You need 100 episodes. Well, that's TV. It was a joke, is yep. what I was getting at here. We're pretty much on TV. Pretty much, Except yeah. Except for on free internet radio service. Yeah. It's, Downloadable internet radio it's radio one service. step below television. television. Um, but we're here. We're here to talk about a wide range of topics. And this week we thought we would talk about interesting hobbies or things you were into as a kid. Uh, maybe some embarrassing stuff. We're being a little bit nostalgic this episode. Uh, and then also maybe where you saw your life going, where maybe something fell short or you thought you'd be super into something and then you were not. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll put it out there right at the start. I used to collect stamps and stamps. now I'll let you continue and you can start and we can come back to me. I, I want to learn more about this. You uh, want to learn more about stamps? But, uh, the art of philately? You want to learn about it? That's actually the word for it? Yes, I was a philatelist. Philatelist. Yes, I used okay. to collect stamps, many stamps. So, I presume they retain value if you restore them a certain way? Yes, well, see, a lot of people don't know that you can take stamps off of an envelope that's already been used. Oh. You can't reuse it, which is why they use the postmark, but you can take it so off the of an envelope. Says you can't do. Well, if the postmark isn't very visible, you could probably reuse it yeah. because uh, essentially the glue is still retained at that mm. point. Um, but yeah, I, I used to be way into collecting stamps um, and. Uh, I, I still have several binders of stamps that are sitting in my attic, uh, and I used to collect old ones. I used to collect new ones. Uh, the year that I really got into it, there was uh, a series of stamps of Canadian superheroes. So uh, Captain Canuck was in there, uh, Johnny Canuck. There were two Canuck-named oh. superheroes, uh, a Quebec superhero named Fleur de Lis. Um, I'm forgetting a few more, but Superman was in there as well because he was created by, uh, uh, Joe Schuster, who I believe is from Toronto originally. But yeah, that was sort of the year I got into it. And Canada Post used to offer a free service where you could get, it was called the, the kids stamp club or something like that. And they would send you every month this huge envelope filled with information about upcoming stamps and like cool facts about stamps i was part of that club for quite some time and i used to order stuff through it um and then uh, i think you know unless you asked to get off that mailing list they just kept sending it to you so past a certain point i stopped collecting stamps but i was still getting this in the mail and you know you're in your your tween early teens and you think it's dumb but then it came back around to oh i can't believe i'm still getting this and it was kind of neat uh but then one day i received a very solemn letter from canada post saying that they were now charging for the service Mm -hmm. and anyone who would like to continue would have to pay and i did not so i no longer receive those emails there you go yeah but it was uh 
is very exciting. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. There's a lot of a lot of countries. It's a very Joe heavy podcast right off the start, but <laughs> I'm glad that you're letting me get into this. Um, a lot of countries try and lay claim to things on their stamps that have nothing to do with them. So you know you'll have an island. Uh, I think Madagascar was a great film. Yes, definitely. Madagascar 2, Madagascar 3, all three of them. Great. Should have got the Oscar. Um, but they, I believe it's Madagascar, but it's some it's some island nation that would put out these stamp sets, but with, you know, the U.S. landing on the moon, or Elvis Presley. Wow. Things that are so heavily rooted in Americana, but it would be on a stamp for, you know, a tiny like micro nation. for example? Okay, but we we semi lay claim to Superman, <laughs> although really not, because everything happened in the states. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't really the state. I guess it was the states, but the cities don't really exist. So. Yeah, it's Metropolis, and people say that that Gotham City is based off of Chicago, and Metropolis is a mix between New York City and Toronto, which I don't believe. It's New York City. It's, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, one of the creators was originally from Canada. It's like when we say that Canadians invented basketball. Like, yes, Joe. Naismith or Namath, it's just Naismith because Joe Namath is the mm-hmm. former football player, um, invented basketball, but he had been living in the States for, you know, the, pretty much his entire life and invented it in the States, but just because he was originally from Canada. Same with Alexander Graham Bell, although I guess he lived in Canada at that time, but he was of Scottish descent, so... Yeah. Well, the world's a crazy place, <laughs> but that's a little bit uh, about me off the top. I, I wonder... Uh, Two things. Number one, I wonder um, what it is about collecting that is so popular. I think it's with adults too, but especially with kids. Like I remember, like think about Pokemon. Not, I was never into Pokemon. But that's pretty much based on collecting. You just, you just tapped into uh, another one. Okay, we'll get to that later. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember like, like sticker albums and baseball cards and yeah. everything you could think of. Like I remember Batman. I used to get these stickers when the movies came out. Mm-hmm. It was always about collecting, which obviously just drives the economy because your poor parents have to buy all this crap. Yeah, totally. But like Legos, if you buy Legos and you look at the back of the box and you see all the other things that are out there, you have to get them all. You yeah. can't just uh, have one piece. I wonder why. What's, what is it about children that need to have that collecting like why does that matter i wonder genetically or yeah i don't know i don't know if it's maybe trying to latch on to something like at that point in your life you don't really have any of your own opinions or like you haven't been around the block enough that you don't really know how how to operate in society so you see something that allows you to actively be involved in it through the act of collecting uh and it's just an easy way to do it, and so yeah. yeah it's the, the other thing I wanted to mention was I find it so weird how to go back to the countries claiming things that aren't really theirs. I always wonder why we celebrate things like that, like oh, a Canadian invented basketball, for example, right? right. Like, does that somehow legitimize us as a country that this guy invented basketball? Well, like, those Canadian historical moments are, I think, good. Yes, but when they touch on something that relates to Canadian history in a really relevant way, like Laura Secord or the last spike and, uh, you know, the Chinese immigrants having a huge impact in, like, you know, building the railroading the country. Right. That kind of stuff is, okay, it's a history lesson. But when it's like, oh, we invented basketball, good for you, who cares? Like, why does that matter? We invented the, the toaster oven, who cares? Like, why does that matter? Yeah, um, well, I think for Canada specifically, we have a huge uh, inferiority complex because, you know, we're not quite British and we're not quite the U.S., and both of them have such 
people are going to jump on this by saying that the U.S. has culture. I'm sure I can hear the internet commenters frothing at the mouth right now. But well, our huge like, fan base might really... Oh, yeah, the, all nine of you. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they have such a, a defined uh, culture and such a, a, a big output into the world that we just need to grasp at straws to show, hey, we're here also and we have yeah. done some cool stuff. But all the countries do it. Like when you have the Olympics, they have the opening ceremonies and they have to show... Like, all these cool things our country did, but yeah. it doesn't really, um, I find that still weird grasping at some kind of attempt to prove that you're relevant, but yeah. who cares? I, I love the Olympic uh, opening ceremony, because regardless of summer or winter, when Bermuda comes out, they're wearing shorts. Yep. As if we're going to forget that Bermuda shorts came from Bermuda, but, yep. I mean, put on some pants. It's it, You're in Sochi. Yes, it's a resort town in, in, uh, in Russia, but it's still cold. There's snow on the ground. Well, it's like Canadians, though. We wear Mountie hats, like imitation Mountie uniforms, or yeah. we have, like, beaver canoe sweaters. I guess. In case you guys forgot where beavers grow. <laughs> grow, yeah, we're in a lab. <laughs> in a the lab, biggest right. beaver-growing lab is yeah. in Canada. I th- they're all like that. I don't know. I find that whole thing, I guess, stereotypes. But. Yeah. So, now, I put my heart on my sleeve, and yeah. now you're trying to just go into the, the theory behind collection, or... No, no, no. What? Uh, so, so... My mom is very crafty. Right. So I had a bunch of weird things I learned how to do when I was a kid. Like I learned how to knit. Mm-hmm. learned how to cross stitch. All kinds of other kinds yeah. of things you would typically associate with a young woman in the like, 1800s. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say any of those are my hobbies. Yeah. Um, but lots of things. I, I definitely, as you know, get really into things. Yes. And then kind of abandon them. Yeah. Um, Both of us have very addictive personalities and very yeah. short-term memories. And this podcast finishes at podcast six and we're just done with this. Yeah, we did it. We Six in the bank yeah. and then we're done. Um, a weird thing that we did uh, when I was a kid, I guess, um, was I collected trains, like the little uh, HO scale or N scale trains. Yeah. And uh, so I'd um, go with my brother and my dad. We'd go to all the hobby stores. And we never, I can't say we ever, ever really got that much into it in terms of my own set. Like we had this huge, amazing set or anything like right. that. We would go to the hobby shows that happen at the convention center and check out all the cool displays that were out. That's probably a nerdy one that would be out there I could put, I could point out. Yeah, I was also into trains. I had a lot of, like, short-lived hobbies, and trains was but one of them I think as trains well. comes back to collecting, too, though, right? It's another yeah. thing that we do to collect. For sure. Well, I mean, uh, I was given the train, the initial train set by my grandfather, um, and then, because I, I have video of me as a kid in Winnipeg getting it and then setting it up in the living room. Um, but then... Yeah, I just, I, I set up, my dad bought an old ping pong table off of the, cla- like, out of the classifieds and set it up in the basement, and I put, like, a grass mat over top of it, and that's where I had my train set for yeah. years. And I never really, like, I'd buy models and stuff and think that I'm going to do it. And there's still a big drawer filled with stuff in my parents' basement of all my train stuff. And I, I'm sure some of it still works, but I just was never, I, I was never precise enough to do, like, the the scale model stuff like painting and gluing and uh and i was just butterfingers so i would drop stuff and then it would stop working so i I were very i was very into it for a short period of time and then realized that maybe this isn't for me that's actually another good one you pointed out was uh models used to buy a lot of models like Mm -hmm. model airplanes model cars i wonder if that's common does everyone do that when they're kids i guess i think so i mean yeah like the little uh i had to I had a I had a bunch a um, terrible smelling glue and like a rack oh, of little bottles of paint. That stuff is so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I think 
I think that's a common thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you, both you and I did it, yeah. but we're we're not the the youth of the nation anymore. Well, 100 percent people in this room have done it. So I, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's you know that model glue is so corrosive. My brother and I tried making a raft once out of pieces of styrofoam and popsicle sticks. Yeah, and we glued it all together. We built this like superstructure of popsicle sticks, uh, and then we finally attach it to this big piece of styrofoam. And it would actually melt the styrofoam. It would really? burn through it. So you couldn't figure out why it wasn't sticking. <laughs> There's a, it. a, uh, it's funny you bring up melting styrofoam because I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, when the Game Boy Advance first came out, uh, one of the big complaints that was not addressed was that it didn't have a backlight. Um, you could only get an attachment to put a light on the front. So playing in the dark was difficult because so, for whatever. So there were tutorials online on to how to add your own backlight into it and all of them involved uh taking a styrofoam cup and like putting it in a bowl and then adding something to it which melted the styrofoam which then you could use to like shape to like make essentially new plastic to put something in yeah but so many people did it, and it became like an epidemic that people were just destroying their Game Boys. So they'd get this Game Boy Advance, think, oh, I'm going to add the backlight, and then just, just fry it. They'd kill Melted. it completely, yeah. yeah. But your Game Boy in a bonfire until it's nice and soft. Exactly. And bend the light onto it. Yeah, well, it's like, uh, what was it? A few years back, 4chan said that the new iPhone... Was waterproof? Was waterproof, or that, you know, if it got if it got wet, you could... No, you could recharge it by putting in the microwave. Yeah. Uh, so lots of, you know, they started a Twitter campaign people really do that, that, or are they just, like, do they, like, fake it, and then they say it was became a thing? Because they're, so, sh- they're so full of themselves. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's an area of the web that I'd rather not... Anger? <laughs> anger or get involved with, because it's just, yeah, I mean, the whole point is that everyone is anonymous on there, more or less. Uh, so, I mean, you can't really prove anything, but, yeah, yeah that's a weird, that's, a, like, a dark corner of the internet. Yeah, I saw a whole conversation about, like, the dark sides of the internet, and I wonder if... I don't think 4chan is, really is that... I mean, it's dark, because it's just full of, like, porn yeah. and kinds of terrible stuff. But I don't think it's really... I think it's where people like us, like, average office workers, go to let off steam and probably make inappropriate jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, there's... And they, and they have some technical skills, so that then, every once in a while, they'll go, like, hack a website or something like that. But I feel like maybe, at its core, there are people there who might know what's going on and can really do some damage, but I don't think that they really have that much power. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they have tons of power, and there's no reason that they should ever think that they can <laughs> would need to get involved with us because we're in reverence of them. But yeah. uh, there are different boards on 4chan, um, and I think some are worse than others, and some mm. are more uh, anonymous crazy than others. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not its not like the Deep Web. We had a conversation with a co-worker about the Deep Web, who is just terrified of it. Yeah. Um, all those hidden sites. You're convinced there was murders there or something like that? You could yeah, supposedly you can hire a hire a, a contract killer over the internet. I mean, there there is some truth to that stuff. There was the Silk Road, which was supposedly this website where you could uh, buy drugs uh, online. And that got busted. And But whether anyone actually received drugs from it is i think that's a point like that's that's a point of contention people don't know whether it actually happened or whether it was just a huge scam they said oh this thing exists where you can buy drugs and then they would just take your money and then like what recourse do you have you call a police officer and said hey i just used my credit card to pay 500 dollars for some heroin online and i didn't receive it i mean like what are they going to do nothing so 
I also wonder, because we talked about conspiracy theories a few episodes ago, one of my conspiracy theories I think that you could easily make a case for um, would be Bitcoin is a, is a substantial threat to modern financial system. Yeah. So the Silk Road was supposedly easily um, financed or all the transactions were anonymous through Bitcoin. So let's break the, let's destroy this whole thing and basically blame this currency for what was going on. Right. Whether or not anything was going on or whether or not the currency was anyway at fault, I think, were two things that were clearly used to make this thing seem less stable, seem less... I mean, I'm not a big... I'm not, I don't know anything about Bitcoin other than what I've heard. I don't, I don't own any. Yeah. I don't know anything, I'm not for or against it, but it, it seemed pretty convenient that, like, oh, look. Yeah. All these drugs are being sold, as if drugs aren't sold in, like, regular currency all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, I mean uh, yeah... Yeah, I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole that we should probably address yeah. in an episode that's more about... We'll, our next Conspiracy Theory uh, podcast, we'll talk about Bitcoin and the the destabilization of the market. Fair enough. Um, but you mentioned Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. and I have a few stories regarding that. Um, so I was quite into Pokemon cards when I was younger. I loved the show. I loved collecting the cards. Um, and there was a store downtown that sold the cards, and it was the only place that you could get them. And for that brief, like, uh, prior to the Pokemon craze and after the Pokemon craze, uh, it was just the place where the weird kids hung out because they were playing Dungeons and Dragons or like tabletop games or Magic the Gathering because it was like a card shop. But Pokemon came, and then they carried it because it was a card game, and then it just blew up. So I for you know. Uh, year, two-year period, that was a hip-hop and happening place in downtown St. Catharines. That's the cool lingo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there were kids in there all the time, just going to buy Pokemon cards, and they had to put a limit on the amount you could buy, so you could only come in and buy one packet, uh, one package of cards at a time per day. And I went in there one time, and I was going to buy myself a package, and I was buying a friend one for his birthday. And the guy behind the counter was so strict. He's like, you cannot do this. And then I went back to the car and had to get my mom to come in, because she was waiting for me in the car, to come in and buy the second set of cards for my friend for his birthday. Um, it's not really an interesting story. but that's why, just, why, why were they like not allowing people to buy more cards? What do they care? Well, I think what was happening is the, um, the backlash from them not having cards was so bad that they limited the amount you could buy so that some you know 25 year old couldn't come in with all this disposable income buy up all the pokemon cards and then create like a secondary market where they're selling it sounds like communism to me right there well i mean you you could sell pokemon cards whoever has the most money all right and rand yeah (laughs) atlas drugs yeah (laughs) the the free market dictates that we should have allowed yeah, it was... I honestly, until you just told me the story, I don't think I even knew that Pokemon were cards. I thought it was just a video game. Oh, really? I knew nothing about these oh, things. Oh, man. It was, uh, it was huge. And I, I only played one tournament, uh, and it was because my friend, who was also into cards, actually knew how to play the game, gave me one of his decks that he had put together, and we went to go play. And I very... I, I just liked the idea of collecting the cards. Um, but he gave me his deck... We sort of went over the basic rules and we entered in a contest. I lost in the first round to a kid probably half my age. Yeah. But then I was done, so I just left and got a pizza and then just sat in the room where everyone else was playing and ate an entire pizza in front of them. And they were all 
they wanted that pizza so bad, but so when you lose it, do you lose do you lose your deck? Is that how that works? Uh, like pogs, or if you that's a good question. I don't know if they're I I can't I wasn't familiar enough with the game to know. It might not have. I'm sure there may have been like a four keeps version of it, but I I didn't lose any of his cards. Oh, yeah, I know okay. that. Um, but yeah, so that yeah, I I was into it really. You know, I, I collected it a lot, and a lot of my disposable income went to buying Pokemon cards. When you weren't buying stamps. Yes, exactly. Those were my two loves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I had a problem with Pokemon cards when one day I was probably in grade six or seven. I was out at recess, and someone told me, oh, so-and-so wants to trade Pokemon cards. You should go do it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll go do that, and went... And I'd never heard this kid's name before, and I went, and I was trading Pokemon cards with a grade two. I was, you know, four or five years older than this kid, and I was trading Pokemon cards. And as soon as I finished the... I still went through with the transaction. I traded cards with this kid. But as soon as I was done, I thought, okay. Yeah, exactly. If he's dumb enough to give me his cards, I'm going to take it from a grade two. But as soon as it was done... Somewhere there's a kid in grade... who Who was that kid from grade two hosting a podcast... Talking about the day he stopped believing in like in humanity, and it was when this great yes. five-year-old <laughs> yeah I, stole uh, his Pokemon cards. So I hung up my skates after mm-hmm. that one. I was uh, I was done, and uh, I we had a, a garage sale shortly thereafter where my parents said if you have stuff that you want to get rid of, you can sell. You can keep the money. So I sold my binder of Pokemon cards for way less money than I should have, but I was just going to get rid of it. And part of me wishes I still had it because it would just be kind of neat to have some record of that section of my life, you know. Because I've got, a, I've got a, a son, I've got a little boy, and it's like this is something that Daddy was into, uh, as lame as it is, but, you know, everybody does lame stuff their entire yeah. life. But, yeah, it's gone. The My prized possession was a... Uh, they had, like, hologram cards where mm-hmm. the background was foil and i had a clefairy and it was one of the more rare cards and i had that and i was quite proud of it i remember i had a bunch of comic books that were given to me that were old like really old like yeah from like the 60s and my mom gave them to some guy at work he's like oh you mentioned you want these comic books and i was too i was old enough to not want them anymore but too young to realize this guy was definitely just selling these things later yeah and i feel like out there somewhere there's some guy just sitting on a pile of money from your pokemon cards i hope well you know i wish him well uh, I hope that he, I hope he sold them before the bubble burst, yeah. because all those people who held on to their Beanie Babies thinking that that would be their retirement That's going to come back. Yeah, I, probably. I, I got a basement full of Beanie Babies that says it's coming back. You got all the tags yeah. on them still? I uh, I love watching parenting through your experiences, because right now you have, he's very young, so he plays with baby toys. Yes. But I'm going to watch the day when you've just invested hundreds of your hard-earned dollars into some silly game that your son that is like a complete fad like my dad bought me literally a thousand pogs once oh my goodness it was like some outlet place he got i don't think they were legit pogs they were like some fake (laughs) (laughs) they weren't legit pogs and then and then i'm within a month i'm sure that fad was over he probably said well that was a waste of my money yeah (laughs) stupid discs that do nothing so yeah. I'm sure your mom watched you sell that at that garage sale and they dropped a single tear down her cheek wanting all that well, money back. I'm sorry, mom. But <laughs> they're gone. They're gone now. It's been yep. it's been too long. We should move on. Yeah. Um uh what was I going to say? I completely forget. So I don't have any other I I I I have all kinds of things I can say that are embarrassing about me as a child. I mean, I did 
I did dancing. I did yes. uh, families in the gardening, like fishing. But I don't think I had a lot of hobbies as a young person. I always I always thought you're supposed to have hobbies because I guess people have them. Yeah. You see it on TV, but that's not really like Tim the Toolman Taylor's always building a car in his garage. Right. And we all kind of, I always felt like I needed something to be my hobby, but I don't think I ever really had one. Uh, we sort of collected things here and there, but um, my family similarly collected a lot of stuff, but one thing I noticed people who collect a lot of things, especially people who are older, they never seem to be satisfied by the actual collection they already have. It's always the next thing. Yes. Uh, I think it's maybe just a reflection of how our economy works, but and it's just, I don't know, I find that interesting because, I don't know, I, yeah. I, if, you, if you weren't even competing with those Pokemon cards, it begs the question, like, why did you need them, right? Yeah, no, it, it makes total sense, and I, like, it, yeah, it's trying to latch on to something, and I can understand, you know, if you have sort of a personality that needs to, uh, n- needs to collect, you know, if you have a need to have something, and it's part of a collection, like, you're never going to be happy until you have it all, but then at that point, you need to start collecting something else, yeah. because I think it's just the act of the collection more than anything that is what drives you. Yeah. I think the same thing goes for people who are inter- interested in athletics. They need to get that new, you know, whatever carbon fiber hockey stick or new right. whatever pair of skates, but that isn't, isn't necessarily... When you're, you know, a 14-year-old playing hockey, it's unlikely you're going to see a huge difference in your skates if you buy the highest-end, brand-new version of whatever Bauer skates or the one-year model later. Oh, yeah. But everyone needs the newest model. Yeah. That, when did that... At what point did you and I sort of turned the corner where we stopped caring about brands. Because I remember as an elementary school student, as a high school student, you had to have Nike shoes or Adidas shoes. You had to be wearing, you know, Umbro shorts. You know, it was just like, you were so... That's how you saw yourself in the the pecking order of, of classmates, is by what you were wearing. But then past a certain... Like, is it when you go to... To university, stop caring about I, well, that stuff. Well, I've had this conversation with my my girlfriend a lot. To be honest with you, I turned that corner very young because right. we just couldn't afford any of that stuff. Yeah. So I became that guy who was too cool to care about brands. Yeah. Which is because I just I wouldn't I couldn't afford Nike shoes. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, in retrospect, that's probably healthier to be honest. But yeah. But now I'm just a cynical jerk about everything, right? Well, yeah. But now we have a podcast. It's there an outlet. Get yeah. your cynicism out here. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I think now. Like as a defense mechanism, I stop caring about everything to do with fashion, or yes. which probably isn't healthy either. You probably need to dress yourself in the morning. But yeah, there you go. You won, honey. Yeah, <laughs> you won this round. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, definitely. If you if I reflect on people around me, it seemed around like grade twelve, grade between grade ten and twelve, people started to have that turning of a corner where it's like, oh, only sellouts buy brands. Yeah. And now like. Everyone around me at work or in my personal life, everyone's buying, you know, Louis Vuitton bags and, and Gucci purses, whatever. And I look around and say, I think we've reverted back to, like, middle school, grade nine mode. Yeah. Like, my high school, we wore uniforms. So, I mean, oh, okay, yeah. during, the, during the week, you know, everybody was wearing the same thing. But it was still, you know, if they saw you on weekends and you weren't wearing that stuff or on an out-of-uniform day, you had to wear the cool brands and stuff. And it was just... It's so strange. It's like, what makes this t-shirt better than any other t-shirt? What if, you know, my shoes have two stripes or four stripes? What does it matter? Yeah. They're still, I don't know. It's, uh, but I think anytime you try and put yourself as an adult into the mind of a child, you're just going to go insane. I think, well, to be honest with you, I think 
I think some people get over some aspects of being competitive or, you know, looking at the Johnsons down the street and seeing how you compare. But I think a lot of people don't. They just have just changed the stakes of the game. So now it isn't what stripes on your shoe. It's what emblems on your car or what? How much money do you have? Do you make in your job? And I yeah. think it just just escalates up, and it seems like a more mature thing. I guess, yeah. But it really doesn't. Like, why not buy a Hyundai instead of a Lexus? Like, if you can afford a Lexus, you'll buy one, right? First, no, no one first says, of all, yeah. it's Hyundai. Hyundai. Oh, sorry. so if you could say that correctly from now on, that would be great. If you're going to see Leonardo DiCaprio driving down the street in a Hyundai, right? Even, it's true. Yeah, he'll probably be driving a Prius, but you get yeah. the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, yes, I had many. Many hobbies. Bringing it all back. Yeah. I had many different things that I dabbled in briefly. Um, the one thing I'd like to touch on is it seemed like every school had their progression of fads. So, you know, you'd start with one thing and then it would become some other thing. So at my school, it started with marbles. Uh, after marbles was pogs. After pogs, uh, and for those of you who don't know what pogs are, uh, they're essentially little tiny cutouts of cardboard essentially and you had the cardboard ones and then you had your slammers or what there were a bunch of different names for them but they were either plastic or metal and the point was you 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 stacked all of these little cardboard circles on top of each other and you hit it with the slammer and then anything that was face up you kept and anything that was face down the other person kept but usually you just play for fun but if you played for keepsies you're going to be losing a lot of pogs to be fair our audience consists of at this point, your wife, who I'm sure knows what pogs are, well, and a bunch of people in Southeast Asia who, who have been forced to follow this podcast, yes. who probably made pogs in the first place. Well, no, pogs were made in Canada. Wow. Yep. Well, my, my no-name ones that my dad bought okay, me probably yes, weren't. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, well, I'm sorry that I'm trying to put content <laughs> in the com- into the podcast, but yes, it was marbles, pogs, Pokemon cards, uh, pogs came back, uh, and that's all I remember, but... Every single one of those would arrive and would be banned by the school, and then sort of a, uh, like a shady market would appear where kids would on the slide try and, uh, you know, uh, play with these things or, or sell them to kids, and then they would disappear completely because everyone would give up. Did you have the same sort of experience? Yeah, Pogs or? was, uh, we, had, we had marbles very briefly. Yeah. Pogs became a thing, and then after Pogs, there really wasn't a, like a follow-up um, uh, fad. There was a, a couple little blips. I don't know if you remember these sticks. They were two sticks. Uh, and you, you, yes, you I do. Devil third, sticks? Devil sticks. Yeah, that yeah. was around for like a minute. Uh, yo-yos became a thing in high school. Oh, Only yeah, kind of yo-yos. ironically, I think. I think people did yo-yos just because of the irony for it. And those miniature skateboards. Do you remember those miniature skateboards? I do, yeah. yeah. I, I remember a couple age. people having yeah. those, but I don't... I did not I did not partake. Yeah. Uh, but that was... like After that, I think a lot of people just got into sports. or they, they, My high school... Because uh, in, in Toronto, they have... I had a junior school, a middle school, and a high school, so it wasn't like the same people went all the way through. We right. would get redivided, right. so you had the opportunity to reinvent yourself. And then once you got to high school, eh, all those kind of trends were gone. And it was it was down to like the people who played sports, the people who were interested in different areas. So, yeah, Pogs was I would say the biggest fad that came through that we were all interested in. Yeah, those Pogs were huge. They were they were everywhere for a long time. I remember you used to be able to on uh, at Pizza Hut on Wednesdays when they had the kids' night or whatever. You could, if you bought a certain meal, you would get pogs, and then those were those were the hot pogs to have. Because that meant a, you went to Pizza Hut, which is awesome, and b, you had these like super uh, elusive pogs. Just to clarify for our listeners, Pizza Hut. 
Oh, is come it, is on. It, <laughs> like, it's a hut-shaped building and oh, sells pizza. It's, okay, is there anything sadder than a building that once was a pizza hut and a new know. company has moved in Probably and not. is trying to pretend like they're not a pizza hut? There was a Dairy Queen down the street from my dad's house that became a Dairy King. Does that... <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It, it, it changed their logo to a square from that weird lips thing they have. Other than that, it was just a square. Dairy yeah. King. Yeah. Well, there's a... In... Uh, where I live, there is a former Pizza Hut uh, that was never has never been a Pizza Hut the entire time I've lived in the city, but is now a factory shoe outlet. <laughs> but it is the Pizza Hut roof painted yeah, yellow. That sucks. But everyone know that was a Pizza Hut. You just look at it. I mean, Pizza Huts don't look like Pizza Huts anymore. But yeah. there was a you know when the from Pizza Hut was first introduced till every fast food chain decided they tried to be a gourmet place. Uh, they had their roof, and you get spotted everywhere. It's yeah. I well, we're wrapping up here, but I that probably something a little uh, as sad is an old KFC that has the bucket on a stick in front of it that yeah. is now closed. So it's just this weathered bucket of chicken yeah. hanging, hanging in the air. There was a time when that bucket meant something, yeah. but there not anymore. There used to anymore. be a bucket near my parents' house that rotated. I don't know if you ever seen that before, but it actually spun. Yeah, that's, really. That just screamed quality yeah. right there. That's I liked the look of the old KFCs. Yeah. There's a, that's another place that had a recognizable building. It was like the like a like an Alamo type building, yeah. white. Uh, and there's one in uh, in this city that used to be a, a KFC and now is like an ant, like a like a veterinarian. But <laughs> you drive by it and it, it's those just, are not that far apart. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they stopped. They stopped. Uh, bringing in cooked animals and just started bringing in live animals. I'm willing to sacrifice the architecture of my fast food restaurant by adding Taco Bell to the KFC. Oh, that yes. The, that yeah, meeting of the minds is yeah. probably the greatest technological advance in the last 20 years. Until this so. podcast began. Exactly. Yep. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up. So thank you for letting me divulge all my horrible secrets. No problem. And uh, we'll see you in a week. Yeah, take care. Bye. Thank you for your patronage. We will see you next week.